welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I am um, starting a little mini series today. I've been trying to start it for three services, so today's a good day. I first want to say that um, we are in the month of February and we're fasting for justice. It's a good thing, isn't it? And I encouraged all of us and commissioned us to read CeCe's word every day. I won't make you raise your hand. I heard just yesterday that some people got triggered by his word and her word, and that makes me so happy when you get triggered. Doesn't that make you happy when you get triggered? How many love a good trigger? Oh, are you sure? Because it's good. It means God's opening the portal of healing right there. He's poking you. He's poking you. He's poking the bear. Are y'all good? Tomorrow's Moo's 30th birthday. Don't tell her, but we have a surprise plan. But she likes surprises, so I'm not going to tell her. But that way she can rest tonight knowing that some people have been planning. Otherwise, she'd be thinking we forgot. I um, I want to restate a little bit about the word of the year today. Do you remember I... Let me tell you about it first... Don't let me forget where I'm going, okay? But let me tell you about this dream last night. That's just going to bug me. Can we just get that right there? Thank you. Um, so in the middle of the night at 2.37, I woke up, and I had been having this dream. And in the dream, um, it was continually reiterated that we are a three-part being. And we know that. How many haven't, didn't know that before you came here? Great. Look at that. You learned. Um, and we are what? Spirit, soul, and body, right? And in the dream, this messenger was telling me that on this side of eternity, that our three-part being would, will not experience God in eternity, basically. So on the earth, we have this experience with God that's in three parts that we won't have later. And he was specifically speaking to me about our flesh, our, our the, the physical part of our three part. We agree we're three parts still, right? And so I... I, th- I just thought that would be a really good thing for us to focus on while I'm talking today, that your spirit man is always trying to connect spirit to spirit, like-kinded, right? And God is spirit, but so is Satan, right? So is Lucifer. I call him Lou. So when you, I don't know if any of y'all's middle names are Lou, but I'm not talking about you. (laughs) Okay, just don't want to offend anybody. And our, our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. So every part of you has three parts too. I don't have time to give you that lesson today. But our mind, will, and emotions, that is our soul. And most of us in life, I believe, live from a soulish realm. That's why that God is focused every day on renewing your mind. Because we actually have to be trained to live by what we don't see. You know, what you see is meant to be transformed, not meant to conform. So when you see something, you're not just meant to just conform to it. Be like, oh, yeah, I'll just be like that. That cool person, they look real confident. Whatever you need, whatever you're attracted to, we're all attracted to different things. I'll just be like them. I'll morph myself, and I'll become a chameleon. That's not God's way. God's way is 
Yahweh. It's the standard. It's the way. I talked about this yesterday. We are starting our healing room on Tuesday, and um, it's a very prescribed way that we're going to do it. And so I've I made some teams and heard some people were offended by that too. And so, you know, if that you need to come for healing if you were offended by my talk yesterday. So just put that on your calendar. It's Tuesday from 7 to 8, you can come get healing for your offense, okay? Just helping you. Just offering you some healing. And so, once again, that's an unrenewed part of our brain right there, right? And so our physical man, it, it has a lot of voices. Have you noticed? Like I'm standing, I, I've been getting the cold legs, what I call it. You know, I had the shaky hand. You know, just the way God's spirit manifests on people is different. Do you believe in that? Okay, good. I'm just checking. And so, but I get this cold leg when Shudi started singing about the uncovered. I said, oh, he's coming in. I didn't know what he was going to do yet. I didn't know yet. See, it just begins to happen. They're just manifestations of it. And is that too big of a word for y'all, manifestations? There's, um, yeah, okay. Well, well, Cheryl likes it, so that's all that matters. So, he actually is an animator of your physical man. And so when he's on the move, he, ma- he, he manifests himself in some way on your physical man. And he made you to be able to know he's in the room. You know, like my little dog, let's just think of her for a moment, Scout. It's the cutest dog ever to be on the planet. And I've had some cute dogs. I've had Newbie. I've had Promise. I've had cute dogs. But Scout is, she's tippity top. And I don't even remember what I was going to say right now because I was thinking about how cute she was. Oh, I know when she's in the room because she goes, hmm, incessantly. An unimaginable amount of times during the day does she go, But see, she knows what she wants. She smells a ball that's underneath something. And we will search, we will move, we will put her on the dresser, we'll let her walk around. But let me assure you, there's always something. That's the way it is for me working with the Holy Spirit. He's like, huh. I'm like, huh. I s- oh, I hear that you're still talking, huh. and I can't, but see, but eventually I, I get the cold leg, so I'm having it right now. So we, we've just come into alignment. And see, so you need to learn that he wants to, that's, that's a reassurance for me. I'm not weird. Well, I know I am, but <laughs> hey, I, I'm saying I'm weird in his presence because his presence is so important to me. I may not be able to see all that you got going on because I'm listening to the. And see, I want him to be satisfied more than I want to be comfortable. And some of the stuff, this, I don't know, you have to ask Cece later, but I forgot that, that she wrote that word in January. So, of course, she came up and cleared it, cleared it up. Right, she cleared it up because that's she wants to be accurate. But then I then I got to thinking that's even cooler. In January, he had you on wherever whoever was up here. He had this date on in his mind, and he was going to bring you that word of healing. I mean, I don't know about you, that's amazing. Was it like the sixteenth or something or fifteenth? That's God, and so. When we released the word of the year this year, I said that we would be dissecting, opening the packages, right? I love to order from Amazon. I I think I do every day. And because we need stuff at my house because we're remodeling. Nathan came over. He saw that we were remodeling and he was in awe and awe of God when he saw it. I'm sure of it. And 
So we need stuff. And so I am so excited when, and I like to order a bunch of stuff just one at a time because I just like to get them. Even the same day, I order like 10 things in that one day. Because why? Then when they come, I don't know what's in them. I know, right? And so then I get my little knife. I ordered a mop yesterday. It was so exciting when it came. And it matched another item I had, and I didn't even know. And that made me so happy. And see, that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. He's a gift giver. Listen, all of the Holy Spirit's stuff comes in gift form. That means, number one, it's what? Free. It's a gift. It's free. And like Amazon, it's free. And number two, it's meant to be explored with him. It's meant to be explored with him. And so this word of the year is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Oculus Prime, who says that? Who dreams about Oculus Prime? So my dream, remember, was that this lady had lost her head and it had fallen off to the ground. I was taking her to the emergency room. Remember that? And I got her head, remember? And I, it, the, the neck was so tiny. I mean, come on, this is it. And I was positioning her head back on her shoulders, right? And remember, I turned to the nurse and I said, I'm having a hard time getting it on right. And then she said, don't worry about it. She's just having an Oculus Prime. I woke up going, what in the world is an Oculus Prime? See, but that was the Holy Spirit's gift to me. I didn't even know. He didn't say in the dream, this is part of the word of the year. It's not like that. It's a rando dream that has words in it. I don't know what they mean. That rhymed. And he, I am meant to search it out with him. He's like, come over here. And so I'm giving you a little part, a little snippet of an Oculus Prime I've been having. Remember what that means? It's a portal to an amazing opening. I'm going to start talking today about anointed to demonstrate the supernatural. When you go to Sam's or Costco, Costco is the target of Sam's, is the Walmart, and they have free snacks there. Did you know that? On certain days. Free snacks. And so you go, you walk along the millions and millions and millions of miles of walking. I don't go anymore. Lynn and Tracy, they live to go there, I think. And did you know this new store opened up? Jack B. Nimble, Jack B. Quick. You can't even go in that store. And Tracy said, I am never going there. I'm like, this is great. I mean, they will just like bring it out to your car. I don't even have to go in. That sounded great to me, but I'm not the shopper. So Jack, we're not going to Jack. I heard we're not going to Jack, right? Get the shake off from Lynn. Mm -hmm. Lynn is the house manager, and she says, no, we're not going to Jack. But when you go into these places that have these snacks, they're doing a demonstration of something they're selling you. And... I propose to you that the Holy Spirit has all the goods. He has all the snacks. And he's looking for someone that would demonstrate it in its capacity of what it can do. So in other words, if you go to Costco and they have a frozen item, they don't just cut that piece of frozen good out and just hand it to you. Right? Can you imagine a little hunk of frozen barbecue beef and they're like, here, just eat it frozen. No, what do they do? They prepare it the way that will make it succulent to your taste buds. Not even a foodie. I'm not a foodie. And so they, right? Because why? If they sold you, if they, if they demoed a piece of meat frozen, what's your takeaway? I don't know if I'm going to like that or not because that's just gross in my mouth. I don't even eat leftovers because they're gross in my mouth. So I'm sure I'm not going to eat some prepackaged frozen beef, right? 
So they have to what? They have to demonstrate it in the way the manufacturer of it proposed you would eat it at home. That's the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it doesn't even really matter today whether you know the gifts of the Spirit. It just matters if you are willing to demonstrate it His way. See, the more that I'm willing to be what He says I can be, the more I'll have. The more that I just want to serve up some frozen beef. Because why? It's easier. It's more convenient. But it doesn't represent him well. And so the first step in understanding that you're a carrier of something that you didn't create Something you are designed to illustrate in a certain way. The Holy Spirit has a prescribed way. And the more that you can get on board with understanding, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not an accident. You know, sometimes when we come into this life, we... Our parents don't know who we are. Anybody ever, let's just raise our hands if anybody's ever had that experience. Your parents had no idea what your spiritual gifts were. Almost 100% participation. Then I propose you weren't trained to use them. You probably, the the shocking thing is, is that Humanity has the ability to do amazing things without God. But it wasn't his design. I mean, honestly, that frozen beef would sort of nourish you. But why did he give us taste buds in? See, you've got to understand that when God makes something, he meant for it to work within its design. I don't get to reinvent myself. That's Lou's number one hidden agenda in your life. You can reinvent you. You can make you anything you want. And let me help you. No, you can't. You are believing the greatest lie from the greatest liar ever. And at the end of the day, you'll just have lies. See, because the number one fruit, the only fruit, I would call it, there's manifestations of fruit. I use that word again. But love, love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do we, does anybody agree with that? Okay. And so everything that comes after that has to have been reconstructed in love. That's what most of my time with you in inner healing is spent convincing you that you need a love encounter. Because love casts out all fear. You don't need another encounter with fear. You know, I promise you, from God's perspective, sin is not the problem on the world, in the world. It's like a belief. And weirdly, we just need a tiny little droplet of, of faith, belief, to move mountains, to move that unbelief out of the way. To move that fear out of the way. It's not hard. Fear is meant to go from where love abides. And God will do anything. God will do stuff that you would check up to being mean. God's so mean to protect love. That's really what Cece's word was about. That it's time you realize He's claiming vengeance on people who have hurt you. If you hurt it any other way, then that's where he's coming. (laughs) That's where his vengeance is pointed. Because you hurt it through the lens of whatever you want to put on it. And so 
when we think about the Holy Spirit, just, just the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, I call Father God, Papa, and um, Jesus, he's got so many names. Why? Because Jesus does so many roles for us here on earth. He's Savior. He's friend. He's healer, right? He's Yeshua. He's Yahweh. He's all these things because he epitomizes through his, the way he walked on earth. See, that's why God wanted Jesus to come to earth because he wanted to demonstrate to you what humanity could do if they only had one thing on their hearts, to do what I see the Father doing. That tells me the Father is industrious and he's busy. He's not sitting up there like Java the Hutt on his big throne eating penguins. He's just not, that's not what he's doing. Right? See, we have so many misguided definitions of what God's about. God's about spreading himself through humanity all across the planet, the whole circle. Nothing gets untouched. And so I like, uh, I was listening to Bill Johnson, BJ. I've been calling him B. John lately. But, yeah, let's turn to John 3. John 3 tells us this really cool thing. This is Jesus speaking because it's in red. That's how I know. Now, remember last week I, wasn't it last week I gave you that little snippet of Nicodemus with Jesus on The Chosen? Right? Tonight, number seven's out. Just saying. This is that same story that I showed you on the screen last week. Do you remember Nicodemus was up there asking some questions, right? And John 3, verse 10, Jesus said, Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher in Israel, and yet you don't understand this revelation? And we pick up the story right here, right? That's what I showed last week. Do you remember? Anybody? This is what Jesus said, and this is the, in the Passion. I speak eternal truths about things I know and things I've seen and experienced. Now, in the Amplified, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, we speak only of what we absolutely know and testify about what we have actually seen as eyewitnesses. Who's the we in that scripture? It's these three dudes I just talked about. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Catch it. They're waiting to testify of things they've seen. It says it right there. They only want to talk about what they can testify about. Now, BJ, he says, we all want to testify. We all want to tell our story. Don't you want to tell somebody your story? I mean, because what? I mean, you know when you were dark, in darkness, in the slum and scum and yum. Don't you know when you were there? And then God said, ah, and you want to tell somebody with enthusiasm. You don't go like, yeah, well. I mean, Lynn and I were revisiting her story. She has such a good story. Don't you love Lynn's story? See, God had to make Lynn into a spiritual mom because it didn't get modeled to her. She wasn't raised in a Christian home. And so he had to raise her up into motherhood. It didn't matter that she had three kids. It didn't make her a mother. In fact, the people she mothers now compared to how she mothered when her kids were little is no comparison. She would say it herself. And so she has a testimony. But see, Jesus is even saying, I've got one bigger than that. I've got stuff you eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, that I'm needing to tell somebody Why? Why don't they just keep it to themselves? Let us run around like worms down here. Why? 
He's wanting to demonstrate what's possible. With God, some stuff's possible. With God, everything's possible. If you believe. So it sounds to me like God's got the goods. I need to work on what I believe. What I believe is in the way of God testifying through me. It's just another way to say it. They're so hungry. They're so eager. eager. They, they are wanting a display. That's why you have it in you to be a display. Ask Allie. She'll wear a costume any old time. In fact, today, yes, she's got some ears on. She knows she's meant to display. And see, if we try to display ourselves, we get rejected. And we get hurt, and we turtle up. Peace out. Find me a shell. You may hide under there. I don't know long, how long has it been, Allie. She's been hiding in her shell. She's finally coming out. Here she is. Got her ears on, loud and proud. Now, see, I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. She'd have to tell what it was for her. Nothing new's been said to her, right? She's got a call, an intercessory call in her life. She's got an artistic call in her life. It's always laying there waiting on her. It's just on a silver platter. The gifts are available. See, because one day we're going to have a wake-up call. Everyone will. Your wake-up call may be on your deathbed, but everybody in this room, everybody on the planet is going to have a wake-up call when they realize they need him. I need Jesus more than anything. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 4. First Corinthians four, this is Paul talking, and he he's describing it's one of my favorite things. Let's read it, shall we? Verse two the most important quality of one entrusted with such secrets is that they are faithful and trustworthy. What's the verse right up above it? It says, so then you must perceive us not as leaders of factions, but as servants of the anointed one, those who have been entrusted with God's mysteries, the most important quality. Now, what's Paul? Paul's agenda is the same as mine. He's trying to train up some leaders. I'm not here to just preach about Jesus getting saved. Y'all all know that message. You got to work out your own salvation is what the word says. Work it out. I'm here to train you what to do after you got saved. Right? That's what, I mean, I would just be, I'm just being honest. That's what I'm here to do. And I'm here, this is just a rally day. The stuff you need to do is out there. It ain't in here. You can practice on everybody in here, but everybody in here has had a million prophetic words. Most everybody. Out there is why you come in here. The game's out there, right? And see, when I, one of my, I, I feel like greatest revelations in life was to realize that God was saying, I want someone to co-labor, co-coach, co with God, go and co with God. And I was like, I'm, I'm I want to do that. I want to do that. And the first thing he told me was, well, you don't know me. I was like, what? And so he began to show me all the ways I didn't know him. It was shocking. I kind of knew God in the, um, what's that, that Left Behind series, you know? Does anybody know anything about that series at all? That was my God. I've scared people evangelizing them that way because it was right. And that was the first thing he went after. That was a shocker. I mean, like when your 
whole basis of God begins to crumble. Come on. You either start, I mean, it's like, you know, flapping. Can, do I not get to hang on to anything? N nothing that's not of me. And then you get to where I am and you're like, please, I don't want nothing. I don't want a thought. I don't want a trickle. I don't want a hair. I don't want nothing that isn't like, tell me anything. You know, at first, whenever someone tries to instruct us when we're really immature, we act like we're in trouble. That's the first level. Oh, my gosh, you're mad at me. Well, no, you just got stinky breath. I thought you'd want to know because you can't smell your own breath. And see, as we mature, we hunger. Like, bro would just pull living tissue out of my body if he could just to give him more instruction. He's just so hungry for wisdom. He doesn't even care if it touches on some toe he's got poking out. He wants me to trim that toenail because I can see it. See, immaturity is like, oh, please don't tell me one more thing. I've already been telling myself all day long how wrong I am. That's just immaturity. You're fatalistic. You're religious. You think you can pray some more, read your Bible some more, or just play games on your phone some more, whichever. See, whenever we don't understand that this is the greatest gift, you've been given the gift of stewardship. The gift, you're a manager, you're a leader. Shuck and dive all you want, but you're a leader. Be irresponsible, be an apologetic, whatever, but you're a leader. I love little Roly. When Sidwell goes to him and she's giving him some instructions, he says, I know, I'm a weeder. I'm a weeder with a W. Me and him, we when we grew up, we both used L's and W's interchangeably. These were rights. See, he knows what he is, even if he can't get his soul to do it. What does our soul want to do? We want to be pampered. We don't want to be stewards. We don't want to be managers. We want someone to come over and clean our car and make our food. It's true. And so God said, hey, I want to give you mysteries of God. Have you ever heard of a mystery of God personally? Have you ever known that you know that you know God told you something and he didn't tell nobody else? Or he gave you a dream? It's a cool feeling, isn't it? His sheep know his voice. I mean, from God's perspective, he's like, yeah, that's a given. Right? That's a given. My sheep know my voice. And see, Paul is saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm about to tell you about some really cool things. And you, I just, I just love the way he talks is that I like in the Passion, he said, Paul calls us estate managers. Whose estate is it? Not yours. That's all you got to know. Why does God trust us so much? I love what Cece was saying. That God was saying, love has to be part of the equation, even if love hurts. Because you know what happens? It teaches us what true love is, real love is. See, when we're immature, we're just like, anybody want me? Anybody, anywhere, anybody, anywhere. You don't have to have any integrity. You don't have to have any money. You don't have to even have anything. Do you just say the words you want me? And we're like, yeah. And then they prove whether your heart is valuable. They prove it. They prove they are not an estate manager. They prove they're selfish. And, and when what's funny about selfish people is that they change. One day, they like it this way. The next day, they like it this way. You know, I, I have spent probably 40 years of my life working with abuse victims. So the, the common denominator with abuse victims is that 
they have mercy. So they give mercy where they should have a boundary. And if I trace it back, if I go way back, find out how they were parented, they were parented usually by two opposing viewpoints. There wasn't a standard. There wasn't a standard. And so, think about it for a minute. The Holy Spirit, the precious, precious Holy Spirit, I cannot tell you enough how privileged you are to understand that His presence has to be preeminent, has to be number one. It has to be what you protect, what you think about. That He is wanting and He is designating you today as a steward, as an estate manager. And the Holy Spirit's estate managers are meant to set the church in order. Now, what is the church? It's not a building. It's a heart. A heart that loves God, made him Lord, supreme. No one else died, took up their cross, followed him. That's the church. Not anybody that just attends in a building and sits in a chair. It's not these walls. These walls house a heart. And when we set up our life, golly, I'm already out of time. When we set up our life to where these things are important, where the Trinity is actually expressing to us the testimony of what they want to see happen on earth. When Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done, it wasn't just a statement of, I'm going to get out of the way. It was a statement of, I am going to get to know what your will is. I am going to spend time with you. I'm going to, listen, the word of God is meant to describe who he is, but the encounter with God is meant to, to create this passion for what he is. You know, when I have encounters like I had last night, I can't even really describe them. For three hours, this pounding, pounding, pounding of that one message over and over. I, might, I should have just got up. Over and over. Why? Because he doesn't relent. That's, that's the way he speaks to me. He doesn't relent because it's important. It was important today for you to know that this side of eternity, th there's just this one experience you can have with him. You can't have it over there. Wow, what a privilege. That's why David said, my heart and my flesh cry out for you. See, I, I can tell when I meet people whether their flesh cries out for God. Our flesh cries out for a Dr. Pepper. Our flesh cries out for sleep. Our flesh cries out for money. Our See, if you don't have things in the right order, then the, he can't add the things. He can't add things that would, that would crush us. That's a good father. I mean, I doubt tomorrow that Breezy's, Breezy's going to buy Army a car and say, dude, just go out there and drive that thing. Do your best, babe. Love you. Call me when you get there. Now, he may want a car. Maybe he's secretly dreaming about a car. Maybe he's wishing he was older than his brother and got the car first. Maybe he's been thinking about what color the car was. Who knows? It doesn't matter how much he's dreamed about it. It doesn't matter how much he wants it. It doesn't matter how much he thinks it's right. He would be unable at this age to manage a 2,500-pound missile <laughs> headed for you. <laughs> you know, I was driving down my street yesterday, and there was this old lady coming. And I don't know if you know this, but the street is plenty wide. But this is what I saw. And this is just in a neighborhood street, okay? I was like, oh, man, I don't feel like I can get over far enough. I mean, like, it was like she didn't, 
She had, she had space issues, I guess. She didn't want me to be on the road. That's what it's like operating these gifts of the Spirit when we haven't established ourselves as the stewards He meant for us to establish. And see, that comes through heart posture. You know, I, I've said this a lot, but it's much easier to allow the Holy Spirit to change your heart if you'll be willing to change your mind. You know, I see this a lot in, you know, our design world, our remodeling world is a shadow of the spiritual world. And I can tell when people get locked down with what I call the opinion saturation. I've been doing it since I was 14. And I remember the first time I saw it, we went to a lady's house. And this was back in the day when we did this thing called wallpapering. And she went to the store Asked me to meet her there. They used to have this place where you would pick from about 40,000 wallpaper books. And we would sit four, five hours looking through every piece of wallpaper that's going to go on a wall room and you just got one little swatch. And you know what my favorite thing was when they'd go, I think I'll just check out these 25 books. I'd be like, okay. Uh -huh. Guess what? I'd go over to their house. We'd, we'd flip those pages again. Because what happened? Opinion saturation. Complete lockdown, meltdown, eye blindness, ear blindness, all blindness. Every bit of blindness you can ever think in your life. What happens? Can't make a decision. Can't make a decision with too many opinions. See, that's not a good steward. Because guess what? For every single one of y'all in here, there's an opinion. You got an opinion on me and Pam. We're, in, we're wearing the same shoes today. You got an opinion about that. We got an opinion about everything. Got an opinion about bro's new haircut. Should he be having this beard? I don't know. Is it too long? I mean, we all got an opinion. It may not be that one, but you have another one. And see, the Holy Spirit has the opinion. I don't know if you know this, and I know some of you are so resistant today, but he wants you to adjust you to his opinion. He wants you to say, I'm wrong. You're right. Not my will, but your will. That's what he wants you to say. And you may not be ready to do it today, but there will be a day you are. You know, when Lynn is laying, kicked out, wanting to kill herself, please take me to jail. Please. Begging people to take her to jail. She said that day, not my will. But your will. And guess what? That's where she found God in jail. It saved her life. I've done prison ministry. Every single one of them that come to a Bible study say, jail saved my life. See, that unyieldable, unmovable, inflexible part within us, that's the part I dreamed about. My heart and my flesh cry out to the living God. I think that I'm going to be talking in the next couple of services probably about this, this thing called anointing. Let me just help you. The anointing, let me give you a good definition. The anointing of God is um, the power behind the gift. The anointing isn't the gift. And different gifts need different smearing of anointings, different um, amounts. 
You know, I have a very sensitive nozzle. And I lost my bathtub in my last house because I made it a shower. And so then our new house has a bathtub. And I like a bath. But I'm in search of the perfect good smelling thing. Don't buy for me. Good. My birthday's coming up. Do not give me any bath stuff. Uh, my nose is so sensitive. It's so sensitive. It's like, no, no, I don't want any floral stuff. No, I really just want a mango, mango in there. That's what I want. Now, listen, this sensitivity in my nose, it happens in the supernatural too. Not that I can smell mangoes a mile away, but I can smell fear. You can walk in this and have a two-second conversation with me, and I can tell whether you're in fear or not. I'm that sensitive to fear. Now, you can do some other stuff, and I'll be like, huh? You did what? I don't even know anything about it. I don't care about that. I don't know anything. See, that gift, it's not too far away from the natural. You'll begin to find out. Cece's such a good candidate, isn't she, for us? She's been diagnosed by Teresa, Dr. Teresa, as a very highly sensitive person, person. <laughs> Lots of those initials. But see, that helps her know that she's not weird without a reason. When I first met her, she didn't want to know she was weird. I'm pretty sure. But now she's embraced it. And, but see, my job is to protect and train and refine it. And it's, it's a wee bit clumsy. Interacting this, I mean, think about it. She's highly sensitive. She's childlike. She's bride-like. And she's a fighter. That last one will just <laughs> confound you. It'll confound you. All in the package housed where she articulates the heart of the Father in words that I've never heard written that way before. See, it's the combo package. And every single, let me help you, every single one of you in here, no one got out of the line where those gifts in your personality, in your uh, status in the spirit, in your equipping name, they don't all go together. They, they all go together. Every one of you, they all go together. You just don't know them. Half the people think they're an extrovert when they're an introvert. The other half think they're supposed to be on stage when they're not supposed to be on the stage. She never thought she was going to be on stage. The whole time, and God's like, no, your anointing is on stage. What? No. Uh-uh. It took me two years just to get her to sing out loud. Now, we all live with her. What do we hear? We're just like, ah. that's all we all just kind of gravitate in there to <laughs> see if she can see us. I'm waiting for someone to have just one a plant in front of them while they're listening to her. Why? Is it because there's a melody in her heart all the time. So it's always coming out. And I can tell by the tone in her melody whether she's at rest. And if she's not at rest, I go find out. Why are you not at rest? That's a steward. Would you even steward people in your own house? Or are you busy telling them how stupid they are? Are you busy telling them, well, you don't got it. Your gifts and stuff don't go together. That's what happened to us in childhood. Our parents had no idea these things existed. Listen, I've been doing this a long time. All of this information about highly sensitive people and bride-like and battle-ready and personality stuff, that's all mostly come out in my lifetime. So in the, in the last 60-plus years, what were they doing before? Right? No wonder our parents, right? Some of you are my age. No wonder your parents, they were just trying to eat. There was no time for training. 
look at the luxury of you getting to take time out of your day today and you're still making money right now and you get to come in here and sit and learn and get some training with some actual tools. So what? So when you go out in the world, it doesn't crush you. You know, I think Christy lived 39 years crushed. Her first injury that we can diagnose, that we can find, is six. Most everyone I've done any counseling with, their injuries happen before six years old. Why? Because you're about to come into the knowledge that you have autonomy. That you're, let me, another word for you, that you're a person. That you're not your mom and dad. That's what autonomy is. Where you realize, oh, these are mine. I can move. Look, look. I mean, trust me, my grandma was 96 and she said, are these mine? We return back to the thing. It's just, you just have about 90 years to use them and know what they are. Come on. Listen, this is just something you don't know. You're not stupid. You didn't get left out. You're not a loser. Everybody else isn't the special person. I'm not the holy girl. You're not the holy man. Everybody is invited to the table of the co-laborer. The co-laborer says, I've come to set a table before you. Do you want to come sit with me? So as we journey on, let's just close our eyes. As we journey on, let's just pray right now to just release all the past. Just release today just all those places where someone said to you that they really were just saying, hey, I have no idea who you are and I have no idea how to get you there. So this is just go be this. Just go be my greatest fear. And so I just release the power of that right now and I break the strongholds and our lives that keep us from embracing the beauty and joy that you said what you made in us is good. And so I just release us to enjoy this life in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.